There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, I no longer have to welcome you. This this adjustment to this introduction is taking its toll on me. And for me, I'm Brian LeBray. And with me today, as always, the one, the only, not Ricochet, Bear de Julia. Nowhere near as cool as Ricochet, but thank you for the introduction. I think we need to start listening to the intro like before we start recording. That way we're like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that's an idea for the next episode. Who Revealing knows? our secrets again. Oh, uh, we are just so professional. So, guys and gals and cool cats and kittens, <sighs> we are doing a cool subject today. Now, Mr. LaPrey here sent me a cool post courtesy of its underscore news pro wrestling on Instagram. Now this quote was from an interview that the undertaker, by the way, we're just, we're just diving right into it, you know? Yeah. Fuck it. Now today, Mr. LaPrey sent me this cool article, actually a quote from one, the undertaker. Now this is again, this is from the undertaker himself. Yeah. Obviously, in Vince's mindset, if it's not Brock, then who? My biggest concern was I just wanted to make sure that Vince was sure, and that's what he wanted to do. I didn't feel like Brock needed it. What are we referring to? The streak, obviously. To to continue the quote, Brock was already a huge star, and it wasn't going to help him one way or another. My only concern was was there might have been someone down the line that could have benefited from it more, and that probably would have been... Roman later on. Now, so today, take it away, Mister Lepray. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna sit here and be sour grapes. Now, does it bother me as a diehard Undertaker fan that Vince did something that Taker wasn't terribly comfortable with? A little, but in the spirit of wrestling, let's book it. How about that? We won't complain, we'll book, because that's what we do at Heel Turns and Headlocks, and one day we'll even have our own company. We are, damn it. We will. Speak it into existence, people. Boom. The reason we're doing this podcast today is because what The Undertaker said, well, it got the creative juices flowing, and it made us wonder. Oh, come on. New York. <laughs> it's okay. I have an airplane flying over me right now. I live right by O'Hare, so... I live in the fucking suburbs. Like, <laughs> nothing happens here. Um, <laughs> all right, where was I? Um, I said, we'll book it. All right. See, The Undertaker, if you are unfamiliar, happened to have the greatest, what, the greatest achievement in the history of wrestling? One of, if not the, 21-0 at WrestleMania when Brock Lesnar beat him. That is the context of what we're talking about today. Brock Lesnar beat the streak. And according to Taker himself, Brock didn't really need it. He was already a huge star, not only in WWE. He was one of the greatest NCAA wrestlers of all time. 
one of the greatest UFC heavyweight fighters of all time. He was a star in and out of wrestling, and according to Taker, Brock didn't really benefit from getting the biggest win a wrestler could possibly get, which is beating Taker at WrestleMania. So we're going to book it. We're going to look at it, and we're going to take what Taker said, digest it, and decide who exactly should have beaten Taker based on not only who needed it, but whose career would actually benefit the most from it and who, obviously, makes the most sense to do it. And if it's not Brock Lesnar, then, well, why don't we start with the uh, honorable mention there? Blood is thicker than water, right? Yes. Um, in storyline, of course, and, you know, we're just going to play it off of that. The Undertaker's brother, Kane. Now, would it have made sense? You could argue that, right? Especially yeah. considering how much of a history that the two have. Obviously, the two have the same father, Paul Bear, rest in peace. Kane was introduced to the WWF at the time as being the Undertaker's brother and, you know, that whole fire thing and everything. And we could probably do a whole podcast dedicated to the emergence of Kane and that whole storyline and how Undertaker is actually the dick in that whole story. <laughs> we will, we will, you know what? That's definitely a topic one day, but, um, you know, Kane could have been a cool option to end the streak, but yeah. you know, again, did he need it? Not really, but it would have made more sense than Brock taking the streak, right? You know, yeah. Kane doesn't get his fair shake. And I know, excuse me, I know Jared, if you guys want to check out a couple episodes ago, Jared Wadsworth was on with us. Shout out Jared. I know he listens sometimes, I think. I hope he listens. But he mentioned that Kane doesn't get his due diligence. And I wholeheartedly agree. I know Brian agrees as well. Yeah. Um, at the peak of the Attitude Era, Kane only had a one-day WWF championship reign one day. Now I know that he also had that world heavyweight championship reign when he was on SmackDown. He also won the money in the bank. Kane's resume is just long as shit. And like, still it the... doesn't do him justice. Right. Like you could sit here and look like, okay, world heavyweight champion one time, ECW champion, which whatever hardcore champion, you know, I mentioned Intercontinental Champion, multiple tag team championships with very weird, you know, very diverse partners from Big Show to Daniel Bryan to X-Pac to Mankind to The Undertaker himself to The Hurricane. Yeah. Also, Rob Van Dam, Big Show. Like, <clears throat> Kane's career is one that, I mean, look, Hall of Fame, right? So, a win against The Undertaker at WrestleMania wasn't necessarily needed, but... It would have made sense. Yeah. And the other side of this, obviously, is that, you know, yes, you know, Kane and The Undertaker are older now. No, I don't think either of us are suggesting he should have won at WrestleMania 20. That story and the match itself were perfectly done. They're, you know, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is <clears throat> their story, I mean, it spans over 20 years. Yeah. <clears throat> If somebody was going to be the one to beat the streak, Kane would have been a viable option. Maybe you could have only done it in the way that, you know, we got to see the Boneyard match where it was cinematic. Sure. Mm -hmm. But the Kane and Undertaker story was one of the most important aspects of the Attitude Era. And really, it's a story that, I mean, 
it was incredibly entertaining and captivating. And again, Undertaker was the dick. Let's be real about that. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, Kane is not our top pick to have dethroned the Undertaker or I guess ended the streak rather. But based on the story and the history that they have together, it was one that we thought made a lot of sense. And even if it isn't number one, it certainly deserves to be mentioned. And we should also bring up the fact that, you know, shout out to Kane, man. He's been through some shit between being burned at a young age and the whole Katie Vick thing. I had to bring up Katie Vick like that. (laughs) They should have threw that man a bone. Yeah. Fuck's sake. They treat him like lucky cannon. And, oh, there's the Lucky Cannon. Oh, I don't think we uh, included Lucky Cannon in the last episode. I think we found a way. Let's I, let's 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 speak it into existence. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, you know, you would you like to go ahead with number two? Number two is a guy who we go from someone who has a long, long history with the Undertaker to someone who has no history with the Undertaker. And yes, I understand that we have to book ahead a little bit. Because the Undertaker's streak ended in 2014, this man was not technically brought up to the main roster, quote-unquote, until 2019. I know that complicates things, but if you play it out like it technically happened and you just change the results, the Undertaker would have been 25-0 and heading into last year's WrestleMania, a WrestleMania that in real life he missed, which means he could have come back for one last match before he retires against Aleister Black. Now, yes, Aleister Black is new. Yes, he's, quote-unquote, only won the NXT championship. The guy is also perfect for a feud with The Undertaker. It's not just the tattoos and the, the entrance and things of that nature. It's the character. It's, it's the entire embodiment of what he is. That feud would have been incredibly entertaining. And I think The Undertaker would have jumped at the opportunity to do something with Aleister Black. Because those are two guys who really understand the storytelling aspect of professional wrestling. And by the way, Aleister Black can go. The guys yeah, had something. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it, how many matches has he lost since he got called up, by the way? Isn't it just one to AJ? And by the way, Aleister Black and The Undertaker... No, it wasn't technically a match, but did kind of share a ring earlier this year. That's right. And, you know, again, you look at the two of them as characters. It makes total sense. Yeah. You know, we also understand that, you know, Alistair is a demonic atheist type character, right? I think that's the proper word for it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of similarities between he and The Undertaker. Now, they're not booked similarly, of course. You know, The Undertaker's career that ranges 20 years. I mean, Aleister Black still has time. Again, he debuted, what, you said just this year, correct? Right, 2019. So about a year ago, last February. It's been... Last February, so it's been a a year and some change. Yep. Now, they've... You know, WWE has not put Aleister in the best of... her In the best of... I guess you could say the best... Um, platform, right? Yeah. I mean, he came in. He came in and he made his debut against Elias, which you know that's awesome, right? Yeah. But then he was put into this very random tag team with Ricochet. Um, they were not successful in getting the SmackDown Tag Team cha- Championships. Um, Black goes to Raw and then he goes back to Smack. You know, they have not done much with Aleister Black. 
And it shows by his resume. Again, he's only got one NXT championship under his belt. Right. If you book him properly and you establish the character as the badass ass kicker that he could be. Yeah. That story could write itself. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I will add though, is that although they haven't done much with him on raw, he has also been featured in some pretty prominent things. You know, he has had matches at both of the, I mean, his really the only two WrestleManias he's been around for, you know, he was a part of that tag team title match with Ricochet, the four-way match. And this year he beat Bobby Lashley. There wasn't much of a buildup, but lo and behold, a few months later, Bobby Lashley is contending for the world title. You know, he had a feud with AJ Styles. He his the, his first ever loss on Monday Night Raw was to arguably the best wrestler of the past 20 years. You don't have to agree, but you have to admit AJ's in the conversation. Okay. You know, the feud with Buddy Murphy was incredible. The mm-hmm. little feud that he had with Cesaro was awesome. So he's had it like even though he hasn't done anything of substance yet on Raw, it does always kind of feel like it's like this is building to something, right? Like he's he's featured too often for this not to be built building to something. Even even his win over AJ Styles in the no DQ match, a really good match, included interference from The Undertaker. If you're in the ring with The Undertaker, even if it's not to interfere against you, but on your behalf, I mean that that's a pretty big rub, as the dirt sheets say. And if you really just want to get down to the core of it. If this is The Undertaker's last match and Aleister Black is the opponent, what better way for The Undertaker to go out than for Aleister Black to give him his Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels moment? Lift him up, foot under the jaw, Black Mass, one, two, three. I love it. I love it. I can't add anything better than that. So, Hold on. What the fuck is happening now? Jesus Christ. It's Mount Kisco. Huh. All right. <clears throat> well, if you have nothing to add, then I guess we move on to the next one. That's Let's do it. Well, number three is a guy who, again, doesn't have a great deal of history with The Undertaker, but it did kind of seem like in 2019 there was some tension between the two and it was potentially building to something rather than WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre, the choice, obviously became the WWE champion. He is now a triple crown champion, WWE championship, intercontinental championship, tag team championship twice over. He won the NXT title. He won the Royal Rumble, you know, eliminated Brock, had, you know, I know a polarizing match against Lesnar at WrestleMania. I thought it was a good story because he beat Brock at Brock's at Brock's own game. Like that was something we haven't seen anyone do because even though people have beaten Brock, They've never out-brocked Brock. So, you know, I mean, he even beat the big show. Obviously, he's now feuding with, uh, you know, Bobby Lashley. He had that great match with Seth Rollins. Drew's really on top of the world. But if you rewind it and you remember to, if you remember back to when Drew was kind of, what, the lackey for Shane McMahon? Yep, Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules, Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns and The Undertaker was an incredible match. The crowd was going insane. Everybody seemed to be into it. And there was one moment where The Undertaker stood up and standing behind him was Drew McIntyre. 
And perhaps it was foreshadowing. Perhaps it was a sign of things to come that we've yet to see. But all I could think in that moment was, if I'm being honest, man, that looks like a guy who could retire the Undertaker. And it, you know, if, uh, you know, Corona season didn't happen, you know, the whole pandemic, that story is is written there for you, right? Now, of course, every you know, everything shifted, everything changed, and, you know, excuse me, I know Drew, obviously Drew wins the Rumble, but if Drew doesn't, if... If the if the pandemic doesn't happen and if like this feud with Drew and the Undertaker go down, like I don't think anybody's mad at that. You know, Drew's time was coming, regardless. And you know, Brian mentions this all the time. Wrestling's about moments. I don't think anybody would have been mad at the fact if Drew were to feud with the Undertaker leading into WrestleMania this year, as opposed to winning the WWE Championship yet. You know what I mean? Right. I agree. And, and, you know, obviously it's all relative, right? Everything that we say is relative. But, you know, a 6'5", 265-pound guy like Drew in today's era is kind of like a 6'10", 300-pound guy in a previous era. You know, when you consider the size difference. A lot of these wrestlers today are six feet and smaller. And that's not a complaint. That's just the reality. A lot of the top stars in the company are that. That's why Brock is able to stand out. Whereas when Brock was wrestling in the early 2000s, when, yes, his build was a little different, but he was still a physical anomaly, he was having those underdog matches against people like Big Show and A-Train and The Undertaker even. Drew is kind of like The Undertaker physically in that he's so big and so powerful and so deceptively athletic that in the ring there are some serious similarities between he and undertaker he's proven that he can tell a great story in the ring and that match man that like that extreme rules match you know i know a lot of people haven't loved everything taker's done in the ring you know since losing to brock but that was a great match oh yeah and you know like no 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 you know no shots at roman reigns here but the Undertaker did a pretty big portion of that match in the ring. You know, like it, it wasn't like Roman did the heavy lifting and Undertaker got the hot tag. Taker took damage and Taker did, you know, a lot of the, you know, no pun intended, but old school stuff that he used to do. And it was a nice opportunity to see Taker against younger wrestlers and how he can do in the ring with them compared to, you know, these, you know, Saudi shows and things against other guys in their fifties. Um, but that moment, you know, that whole buildup really was Drew just not being afraid of The Undertaker. And then he was so ready to kick Taker's head off and then Roman speared him. And it was great. But, man, if somebody's got to, you know, I mean, I know we're talking about the streak. But, you know, moving forward, if somebody's got to retire The Undertaker, Drew has to be on the short list. That would just, I, you know, I mean, again, 2020 has not been a good year for many people, right? No. But I think... Drew McIntyre's had one of the better 2020s, right? Absolutely. Um, so obviously, a win over the Undertaker, maybe not this year, maybe next year. Whenever the Undertaker decides to hang the boots up, like you said, Drew has to be on that short list of guys, and plus that, like, that's huge for his career. Yeah, especially for a guy that's still got some miles left. You know, Drew. Yes, he's not the youngest, but He's going to be a major player for years to come. Absolutely. So this, a win against The Undertaker in any capacity is huge for his career. Yeah, absolutely. And look, that that's really what this comes down to is, you know, 
if we could go back in time, maybe just like we did with Aleister Black, extend it to 25-0, and 0, and now here comes Drew McIntyre. You know, I think if the topic is ending the streak, it's hard to go back and rewrite history, right? It's, it's hard to go back and say, well, you know, they should have won at this WrestleMania. The complaint with Brock, I think, was nobody really cared about the buildup. Mm-hmm. Nobody was too into the match because we could tell watching it that something was off. Now we know that Taker had the concussions. And Brock really, kind of like Taker said, it's like, it just kind of sucks that it, like, you know, we, you and I both, we like to look at this kayfabe, right, in character. And we want to watch the stories develop, but it's just like, that didn't do anything for Brock. And it's supposed to be the biggest achievement you can have. And that I think that was the most heartbreaking part. And that's why, to me, Drew makes so much sense. Because even though he's WWE champion now, he still has a lot to prove, right? Oh, like, yeah. he, he's he's done a great deal of things in his WWE career. Again, you know, WWE champion, Intercontinental champion, NXT champion, two-time tag team champion. And the Royal Rumble, obviously. Main evented WrestleMania this year. One of the most watched WrestleManias of all time. And, you know... He's great, but a win over The Undertaker, that, you know, let alone retiring The Undertaker or ending the streak, that that's a different kind of feather in your cap. That That's, like, that's beyond any championship. I You know, at this point, I think that's beyond any accolade or championship that you can, you know, that you could win, right? I agree. I agree. And, well, <clears throat> one guy, I guess, the smooth transition would be, from somebody who could have to someone who, I guess, technically did. The big dog. Roman Reigns. The guy who, in fairness, before you kill us, the Undertaker himself identified Roman Reigns as someone who could have, if not should have, ended the streak. Now, And I did mention that, by the way, sorry yes. to cut you off. I did mention that in the quote that I read earlier in the podcast that Undertaker himself said... A win at WrestleMania over The Undertaker would have benefited a guy like Roman Reigns more. Yes. And and look, we get it. You know, we know. We we don't, we're not going to sit here and act like we're unaware of the flaws that Roman Reigns has, of the feelings that that people have for him. We get it. But. I have to go back in time and revisit that match and just say this. There were botches during the Undertaker match with Roman Reigns, and that was off-putting. No question. The one thing that I will say, though, is it was a good story. I thought botches aside, it was a pretty good match. You know, you don't want to see any botches from the Undertaker at WrestleMania or in a match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania because almost every match up to that point had been close to flawless at least in you know within a reasonable time frame i get that but can you imagine if they actually rode the wave well let's say that let's say that that was the way the streak ended right can you imagine if they rode the wave and taker had actually gone off into the sunset and roman reigns had actually turned heel when he came out the first night after wrestlemania and said simply when that crowd was booing him like elias in seattle this is my yard now. That was a great moment from a heel perspective. But then we got fed a face version of a guy that everyone hated more now than ever before. I think that if you book it 
in the way that it probably should have gone, where let's say Taker beats Brock and Taker beats Shane and Bray and blah, 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 and gets to Roman, and Roman is the one who stops him from getting, well, I guess that would be stopping him from getting to 25-0. and 0. I might be wrong. Don't kill me on Twitter. We're um, not math guys. Leave us alone. Not. Or do kill me on Twitter. I need more followers. Um, we do. But I think that if they had uh, if they had decided to ride that wave and really gone with the Taker rides off into the sunset, or at least we don't see him for a while, and Roman embraces, this is my yard now. I know you all hate me for this, but I did it, and there's nothing you can do about it. I think that would have been a good story. Oh, man. Can you imagine the, the amount of heat that every – I mean, look, Roman Reigns is already a guy that generates a ton of – distaste and displeasure from the crowd right <laughs> but just imagine he comes out and says motherfuckers i'm sorry it's a pg product mother lovers this is my yard now yeah like look what i did to your your hero the dead man imagine if he I'm did right? it like Heyman did it oh my god every damn week every damn week just remind us he didn't even have to say anything else and as people go, oh, it's getting old, and he keeps saying it, you hate him more and more. There was so much to work with there, and I feel like that moment where he came out, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, but that no, moment no. where he came out and he said that, this is my yard now. And that was the only thing that he could say because the crowd was booing so loud that he could not speak. I honestly believe that if they had decided to ride that wave, we would view the Roman Reigns character in a completely different light. It's funny because every you know everybody loved the shield, right? Yeah. When Ro at first Dean Ambrose was kind of the leader, and then you kind of got this, you know, CM Punk said this in the podcast with Colcabana, the very infamous podcast that protect Roman Reigns at all costs, blah 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 blah, right? Yeah. Now we get you know we understand as fans that sometimes. WWE in particular likes to, I guess, shove people down our throats. That's what everybody says, right? Yeah. Now, yes, Roman's got the look of a guy that could definitely pioneer WWE for years to come in a in an era where John Cena's, you know, John Cena's career is coming coming to an end. You need that guy. Yeah. And I and I I get it from the perspective of maybe he's not the best quote unquote face in the world, Roman Reigns. Although he, you know, in, in, to be fair, he did fucking beat cancer for fuck's sake. Like it's a pretty big face face move, right? That is the ultimate face move. I would say so. So as fa you know, again, you know, Brian and I were fans. We get it. We don't really, you know, to be, I can't speak for brain, but like, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, Roman Reigns is my favorite wrestler." No, I, I can think of 20 other wrestlers off the top of my head right now that I would prefer to see over Roman Reigns. But right. if you capitalize on that and you shut guys like me up and you make him a heel, you're a fucking star. Yeah. Yeah. A star. And I don't know if you guys. I'll, I'll try to find the link, but like Roman cut this heel promo in NXT, you know, much before the shield, much before any of this ever went down before his four world championship brains, before his intercontinental championship brain, Roman reigns as a heel. 
had a lot of promise. Yeah. The potential was there. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to see where Roman's career trajectory I find it's hard a trajectory is a hard word for me to say. I don't know why. Roman's career trajectory where it leads him when he does return because he's healthy right now. I know he's you know, he's asymptomatic. He's not going to risk his life for coronavirus and you know, he's got two newborn twins. I'm excited. I know he's not he's technically a SmackDown roster member, so I know he's got some unfinished business with a guy like Braun Strowman. Yep. <clears throat> Who knows? And maybe he does come back as a bad guy and maybe he does, you know, who knows? Maybe he comes back to Raw. Maybe he fused with Drew. Maybe he fused with Lashley. Who knows who's going to win that championship match this Sunday at Backlash? Roman can go in the ring. Again, is he my favorite wrestler? No, of course not. But he's not as bad as people think. Much like John Cena, although John Cena is a much, you know, to me, John Cena is one of the best wrestlers of all time. Don't at me. Actually, at me. Fuck you. Roman Reigns can fucking go in the ring. <laughs> and that's my two cents. Yeah, look... Again, we all know Roman's limitations. We all know that, I mean, for the love of God, out of DDT or something, right? Like, <laughs> no. Like, we know. Like, we know. But at the end of the day, you know, for better or worse, the point of wrestling is to el- elicit a genuine response from a crowd. And Roman does that. He and does. even though he has some matches that you're just like, ah. He's also had some great matches in the past. Let, like, I know that he has great matches against great wrestlers, but they're still great matches. He had a great match with Daniel Bryan. His match with Buddy Murphy last year was outstanding. One of the best matches. Yeah. It takes two to go. You're right. Two to tango or whatever it is. And does Roman always step up? No. Is he great on the mic? No. But does he look like a million bucks? You're damn right he does. And. That moment where he stepped into the ring and let the fans boo him instead of trying to talk over them and just said, this is my yard now, you can't tell me that wasn't a heel moment at its finest form. And I think that if they had him beat the streak and ride that wave of heel momentum until an inevitable face turned down the line, we would be receiving Roman a lot differently than we do right now. It would have been fucking awesome. It would have been. And I guess on that note... Yes, please. Before we get to number one, I'd like to throw out an honorable mention that Bear and I agree on. And the question of the hour, of course, is who should have beaten the streak? Who should have ended the streak? The honorable mention answer is no one. No one. That's it. What's wrong with that? Jordan was 6-0. Yeah, and LeBron is... Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. That's a lot of fans to alienate, alienate Bear. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, really. I get that the whole point of ending your career is ultimately to put someone over. And I don't mind the idea of the streak ultimately ending, but I also don't think it needed to. I think that... That was a draw for WrestleMania year in, year out, no matter what. Oh, man, who's going to beat the streak? And I don't think at any point, if the matches continue to be entertaining, and for me personally, I thought the match with Bray was entertaining. The match with Shane didn't really feel like a threat to the streak, but it was pretty entertaining. 
Roman botches aside, it was a good match. The Cena match was fun, and the thing with AJ was tremendous. Yeah. I don't think anybody's sitting here going, man, you're telling me that dude is 26 and 0. No, Maybe it in went, this generation, it's, it's, but who to me, I don't think it needed to end because I think that it's something that even if you don't beat the streak, being a part of the streak enhances your career immensely. Exactly. And, you know, again, did the streak need to end? We don't really think so. But if it were going to end, it would have uh, again, that's why we made this list and we're going to get to number 1 in a second. I'm going to let Brian transition there because this is one of his favorite i love the next man myself a lot but i know this is brian's guy but like brian mentioned you think anybody was gonna sit there and be like man the undertaker what a dick 26 and oh way to not give anyone the rub brother no man it's the fucking undertaker you know what i mean so we definitely wouldn't have been mad if nobody ended the streak no, and that's why we we could have found a place for it on this list, but we figured to be honest, people, we'd give you five actual wrestlers. So honorable mention, no one. And I guess the fifth wrestler, the number one person on this list. This list really wasn't in order, to be honest with you. But the only person who is in order is number one. We save the best for last. The best for last, and that is whether he is the eater of worlds, the deleter of worlds, or the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Now, you may have sour memories of a pre-fiend Bray Wyatt, but in case you forgot, it was the best damn gimmick in all of professional wrestling. It got those awards from Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, whatever you want to, whatever you want to point to. At Every turn that Bray Wyatt somehow, with two giants next to him, didn't find success, he still managed to bounce back every time, and people were captivated. And in the end, I get it. In the end, it finally died because enough had been enough. But rewind with me. Go back to WrestleMania 31. Let's say The Undertaker beats Brock Lesnar actually beats Brock Lesnar. Who's going to stop The Undertaker now? He's beaten Shawn Michaels, Triple H, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Edge, Batista, Randy Orton, etc., etc. Hell, Ric Flair. Woo! Who's going to stop him now? Well, it's not one man, but three. It's the Wyatt family. And that to me, was the perfect opportunity to end the streak. And unfortunately for Bray, I really feel like once The Undertaker beat, or excuse me, once The Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar, the heat, I mean, it's kind of like it took all of the air out of that Bray Wyatt-Undertaker feud. Everything that Bray Wyatt was touching was gold back then. Every feud was incredibly entertaining, but once the streak had ended, I think people started to just be like, I won't say started to, but I think they went into the next WrestleMania a little deflated. Mm-hmm. And we'd all been talking about, oh man, Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker. What a feud that would be. That would even be a good match. Wow, that's that's perfect. And Bray is the perfect person for the torch to be passed to. And oh, 
Well, they they ended it already. I think if you save that for Bray at WrestleMania 31, or even if you hadn't done that, and you'd stretched the streak until WrestleMania 36, I know it would suck to not get Taker and AJ, but have The Fiend end the streak. I think either way, it's a win-win. I mean, Bray Wyatt is... <laughs> you can probably name on one hand... At most two, I, I would say he's easily one of the top ten I've ever seen on the mic. I'll say that. You know, I know his wrestling style isn't everybody's cup of tea. I personally love it. I feel like he's a cross between Randy and Mankind, and those are two of my favorite wrestlers. So that, but again, all personal preference. I just think that Bray Wyatt was the ultimate character whose career would not only benefit from it, but could actually take that and run with it, especially if he had the Wyatt family around him, because that is how you establish them as the main draw as heels, where Bray can now have the world title, those guys can get the tag titles, Rowan and he who shall not be named, um, Mr. Brody Lee. Um, the exalted one, brother. The exalted one. You know, I, I, I just, I think there were a lot of missed opportunities with Bray Wyatt, we all know that. We're gonna do a whole episode on that, but Fuck yeah. you know, just all it took was one more win for Taker to finally get to Bray, and that would have not only made Bray's career and his legacy, but I also think it really would have helped WWE push its content in the right direction because you would have had a new wrestler who would have become a household name, and Brock, and I love Brock. You know that. I love Brock, but he didn't need it, and he didn't benefit from it. And Bray Wyatt, that would have been perfect. We we talked last episode about some some guys that really recreated themselves. You know, obviously the two masters of the recreation are Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, right? Bray Wyatt was never. Oh, it was, it's, you know, his resume, I'm going to flat out say it, it sucks. It should not be as short as it is, but the, you know, Bray Wyatt, if you guys remember, started on the main roster or in NXT, I should say as Husky Harris for him to go from Husky Harris to the character known as Bray Wyatt and for him to redesign everything and you know end up being the fiend like it's that character that character progression is the perfect foil for a guy like the undertaker now again we mentioned that the undertaker mentioned that yes a guy like roman reigns or anyone if it would have benefited their career it probably would have been better for wwe which Brian just mentioned. Bray Wyatt could have, you know, again, Bray Wyatt could have used this win more than probably anyone, which is why we have him number one on our list. And if he had Harper and Rowan by his side, that makes it, that makes the story all the easier to write if you're WWE, right? Yeah. Especially if you look at it, it's like, <clears throat> it's almost like the perfect progression, right? The perfect progression from, the Hell in a Cell match with Triple H where Shawn Michaels, you know, the famous sweet chin music into the pedigree with the world's greatest kick out. Mm -hmm. What if we thought we were seeing the same thing when the Wyatt family are beating down the Undertaker because chaos is reigning. The ref has been kicked in the face. So that means he's out for the next 15 minutes and 
Bray Wyatt hits Sister Abigail, and the whole crowd is going, he's going to kick out. One, he's going to kick out. Two, right? Three. Anything and you make that's a star. Yeah, you make a star forever. And look, Bray, to Bray Wyatt's credit, he is exactly what so many in wrestling, being wrestlers, writers, producers, etc., Vince McMahon himself has called him. He's a genius, and he's reinvented himself. And I think the people who have done a lot of research on Bray's career, including, obviously, you know, <clears throat> that now famous video he did about horror stories where... He's literally telling the story of The Fiend years before it ever surfaced in WWE. This thing seemingly was always destined to happen. He was always destined to become The Fiend. The Wyatt family was never going to last forever. No faction in wrestling does. But that would have elevated all three of their careers. That would have made Bray Wyatt perhaps the biggest star in WWE. And that would have created the potential for so many feuds that... Yeah, he still had great feuds and great segments and all of these things, but now you have a different level of prestige about him. You can put the world title on him and have him hold it for a long time and make a new top baby face off of being the one who beat the guy who, I mean, he's always had heat, but it's been like, oh, we love him, heat. He's a great heel, heat. Now he would have genuine heat, and that's hard to get in wrestling because nobody seems to capitalize on the moments. And we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that, you know, he's got the, I don't want to sound like a total dork, but, you know, he's got the whole world, whole world in his hands and time is on his side. Let's bring up the fact that the dude, Bray Wyatt, I should say, is only 33. He's got, as long as he wants to, so much time left on his hands as a professional wrestler. Yeah. It's crazy to think, you know, 33. He's in wrestling years. It, I'm, you know, in wrestling years, I believe that's extremely young. Absolutely. He could have rode the wave of ending the Undertaker streak for just, I don't know, an ungodly amount of time. Especially if he, you know, I feel like it would have, I feel like it would have been better as the Fiend. Well, that that's the thing too. Like that's so cool to think about is you know. Even if The Undertaker overcomes the Wyatt family, right? And he beats Bray Wyatt. Cool. But if the streak is still intact, that means that you still have the potential for a rematch down the line. Mm-hmm. As Bingo. The Fiend. And now The Fiend has a different motivation. And Bray can do the same thing he did with Braun. And by the way, that was a great match. But we'll talk about that another day. Um, you know, he could do the same thing he did with Braun about, you know, I can't protect you from him. Da 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 Like, build it up play on their history together. Now it's not just a match of two characters we'd love to see together. It's a match between two characters who have a story. And look, you can't rewrite history, right? But the one thing I will say, and I mean, we've talked about this. Look, I'm 100% on board if Drew McIntyre is the one to retire The Undertaker. But if The Undertaker, I mean, I guess we'll find out with the last ride, right? If, Mm -hmm. If he's not retiring after that classic with AJ... If he wants one more WrestleMania, next year at WrestleMania, I think The Fiend versus The Undertaker is the match that everybody wants to see. I don't think we could end it on a better fucking note, my friend. I don't either. So on that note, as always, thank you all for listening. Please stay safe during all of these crazy times with coronavirus and a lot of uproar in our country. Uh, We want to 
I guess, come out and say, make it clear, Black Lives Matter. We are in support of all of our brothers, sisters, and friends and family who are enduring these hard times. And we want to thank everybody for their bravery during these times. And again, thank you all for listening. Uh, Bear, send them away. We will see y'all. You know, it's funny. I'm going to just really quick. We make episodes. We we don't have a set schedule. We literally text each other. Hey, you want to record today? Yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> I'll blow it. All right, cool. Yeah, good. Done. We don't have a set schedule, so we'll see you when we see you, but we'll see you very soon. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.